Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. My pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, we start with Clark Stinks. It's where you get to guide me, where you feel that I'm giving bad answers, bad information, bad opinion, incomplete, misleading, whatever. And all you do is you go to clark.com slash clarkstinks and post. And Krista, once a week, gives you highlights from the Clark Stinks posts. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, a few about this one, Clark. Clark, you stink, but not as much as T-Mobile. What is going on? I used to be a huge fan of them. First, they changed their privacy policy. Now they pulled a bait and switch with T-Mobile money. I signed up for it largely based on your recommendation to get the 4% interest rate. However, after I deposited my cash, the T-Mobile money rep stated that beginning in April, I would have to use the T-Mobile money debit card 10 times in a month in order to qualify for that 4% interest rate. No thanks. I'm quickly losing my faith in T-Mobile, but not my faith in Clark Howard. Rick. Rick, you know, T-Mobile had a leadership change a while back. And sometimes when that happens, the new leader loses focus on the concept of simplicity. And things get complicated. T-Mobile deciding to put you into a position where if you don't, make choices, which I've talked about, they will be snooping on everything you do on your cell phone. Unacceptable, in my, in my opinion. And just because AT&T and Verizon already do it, the whole idea of T-Mobile as the uncarrier was they didn't do stuff like that. So I think this is a loss of focus at T-Mobile. The second thing with T-Mobile money That's really, really terrible that they got people excited about T-Mobile money, got people to deposit money with them, discovered that people actually gave them money and they were having to pay them more interest than they wanted to. And so now they put in terrible conditions to try to unwind people getting the 4%. It is not how you should do business. And... I mean, I'm not T-Mobile, so I can't apologize for them. But I am very disappointed in what you have raised and the fact that T-Mobile needs to have a reset back to the simplicity and straight-out honest deals that were so much a part of what built their business under the prior crazy man, John Ledger. He is 
a nut job. I miss his cooking shows. But he is, oh, he doesn't do those anymore either. I don't think so. I haven't seen him. Maybe he does. I'll have to look. But he is a, he is a very, very creative, out-of-the-box thinker, kind of like an Elon Musk kind of crazy guy. Um, and you can feel the change in any culture when that kind of crazy person moves on. Please stop telling people to buy used furniture. I work in the pest control industry and service over 200 homes each and every month. I usually get two to three bed bug jobs per year, and every one of them have one thing in common, used furniture. The pennies that you think you're saving are not worth the headache and risk you're taking on. Please stop telling people this is okay. And this is from Michael. So, Michael, thank you for that. And bed bugs as we heard so much when that was a big thing in the hotel business and people would bring them home with them in their suitcases, it is a giant, giant hassle. And so I would not want anybody to have that kind of problem, not on a bet. And Michael, I hope you'll repost uh, when I bring this up. Please let me know if the problem only follows upholstered furniture And would it be okay for people to buy wood-only furniture or stuff pretending to be wood, like particle board Ikea kind of stuff? Is that stuff okay to buy used? Or would you say upholstered, unupholstered, no furniture at all people should ever buy used? I'd be curious. So at the advice of Clark, I went to check out Costco for a deal on tires. To my surprise, I learned they don't support vehicles older than 2001 for tires. What? How can they limit a year range on vehicles to just 2001? Clark and I both agree that the longer you hold onto a well-running older vehicle, the more money you'll save. So Clark, I will take my old dinosaur 2000 Ford van and purchase tires somewhere else other than Clark's beloved Costco. Brian. Brian, I had never heard that. I know nothing about that 20-year rule at Costco on tire inventory. So if you got to go somewhere else, check out TireRack.com. You'll have no trouble finding inventory, and you'll find plenty of participating tire facilities and dealers near you that will install the Tire Rack tires. Clark, I love, love, love the show. I just wish there was more time dedicated to everything but Clark Stinks. It seems like every other podcast has a Clark Stinks segment, and I'm tired of hearing all these whiny people complain about your show. Maybe cut it down to a once a month segment. You've only got so many hours of the day and too much great content to fit in. Thanks, Jason. Jason, I got to tell you a funny thing about Clark Stinks. When I was in radio, and this was a syndicated radio show format, and I'd be on vacation, there would be six Fridays a year that there would not be a Clark Stinks. And people would go bananas. Although you object to how much content is included in Clark Sinks, which is once a week on the podcast. There are a lot of other people who really, really like it. It does give me a chance also to elaborate on something I've said that maybe I didn't explain well, or to learn a new way of thinking about things. So I do see it as a way we all learn together. I got a replacement credit card in the mail the other day and remembered Clark saying you do not need to activate the card, that it's just trying to upsell things when you call in. So I pulled the sticker and when I got to the first place to use it, they declined it. I had to call the number on the back of the card and have them activate it. Please re-explain this in case others understood it as I did, that you do not need to activate your card when it comes in the mail. Greg. 
Thank you, Greg. And the deal is some issuers do actually use activation as a real process. Others use it as only a selling opportunity. You usually won't know which is which. And so you have to put up with activating cards. Although I tend to activate cards online now. And when they start with the pitches to me, then I can just skip all that. I activated a new card last week, a a renewal of an existing card. And they were pounding me trying to get me to sign up for all these different payment plans and things like that, none of which I was interested in. And it felt abusive to me when all I was trying to do was activate a card. Hey, Clark, I'm a longtime mortgage broker, and unfortunately, you missed the mark in the current environment regarding the 80-10-10 loans. Many lenders who historically provided the 10% second loans or lines of credit stopped making these loans around April, May of 2020, or greatly restricted their options. They've started to re-enter the market, but it's still a much more restrictive environment than this time in 2020. While the bank down the street definitely wasn't the place to get your answer, you still might not get the answer you'd like if you call a mortgage broker either, Brian. Brian, thank you. I appreciate this because I've not heard from anybody about what you're stating is that doing the 80-10-10 loans has become a very difficult thing. I appreciate it. I was stunned to hear on a recent show that you have never had a cup of coffee in your life. I know what a big health nut you are, so I wanted to let you know that you're putting yourself at higher risk of the most common form of cancer, skin cancer. My dermatologist recommends two to three cups of coffee per day. She said decaf works as well, but caffeinated coffee is better. Feel free to look it up. The research is online. By the way, this is coming from someone that has to see her dermatologist every six months to check for skin cancer. Also, I lost my aunt and major professor to ag- aggressive forms of skin cancer. Sun avoidance and sunscreen are the first lines of defense, but coffee helps too. Lindsay. Lindsay, I am stunned. And next time I'm at my dermatologist for my skin cancer check, I will ask the question and maybe I break my no coffee for life rule other than coffee ice cream. And I do start drinking coffee. I, it's just never been anything that's I've been attracted to or interested in. And Christy, you're only attracted to coffee about every 10 minutes of every waking hour, right? You <laughs> love coffee. Um, okay. As an alternative to alarm monitoring, homeowners might consider installing an automatic phone dialer. Then if there is an event that triggers the alarm system, the dialer calls my cell phone over the internet or optionally a landline and up to seven other numbers. If the event is legitimate, I have the police and fire, fire department numbers on speed dial. This save me, saves me time as well, be, as well as being able to confirm to the responders that the call is legitimate. BJ. Thank you. And more and more jurisdictions, the police do not want to respond without a visual confirmation that there is a burglary in progress. And they are the lowest priority of all calls that come in to a police unit because somewhere close to 99% of burglary, uh, burglar alarms going off are false alarms. So there are now a number of home security systems that you install yourself that you can choose not to have professional monitoring, instead have them call you as you described or text you or whatever. And then what people will do is they have cameras strategically positioned 
where they can then look online and see if there is actually any bad activity going on with an intruder at their home. This is not a Clark stinks, but I stink. Basically, I had no clue about my benefits as a former member of the Army National Guard. When I separated back in 1989 after I served my six years, I was told I had absolutely no benefits since I was a reservist. My wife found out I was eligible for a VA home loan. Now we are becoming homeowners. My advice for you to give your listeners is that if they were a reservist, please check their benefits. Patrick. Patrick, first, thank you for your six years of service to our great nation. And the members of the U.S. military, National Guardsmen, reservists, active duty, are all grossly underpaid and underappreciated for what you do for our freedom. And the benefits that accrue to you from both private organizations and from government benefits are there because you have not been adequately compensated for your years of service and the sacrifices that you have done for your nation. So thank you for mentioning that and that others who have served as you served will remember to check to see what benefits are eligible, you are eligible for having served our country. Thank you again. Clark, you advised a caller to invest his $25,000 into silver ETFs rather than physical silver. Clark, you never, 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 no, not ever buy silver ETFs. Their intrinsic value is as shaky as the current fiat money system we've all been subjected to since 1971. The only way to ensure the caller's investment is safe is to take physical possession of gold, silver, and other precious metals. His $25,000 could easily multiply exponentially in the coming years. Clark, I appreciate you greatly, but I believe on this one you missed it. Rodney. Rodney, thank you. I don't really understand why you believe that money held by uh, an exchange-traded fund in, uh, in a precious metal is not solid. And I, I don't know what has given you that concern. When you have gold in your possession, you have silver in your possession, you have to worry about theft, you have to worry about how you're going to store it, and you have a spread on the buy and the sell. When you own a fund of a precious metal, they hold that for you. Generally, they will have it vaulted, and they're the ones that are responsible for it at a a lower ongoing cost. And the ability to turn it into fiat currency, as people refer to government-issued money, instantly, or turn it back into a precious metal virtually instantly, And so I see it as a more efficient way to own it. I'm just puzzled by why you feel that it is an unsafe way to own a precious metal like gold or silver. Next, speaking of government money, I have been a long-term advocate of us getting rid of a lot of our coins, especially the penny and the nickel Gosh, maybe even the dime. I can't even get Not people. The dime. I can't even get people <laughs> to be with me on getting rid of the penny. And do you know it's costing us real money? No joke. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hate the penny. I mean, it's just terrible when you're somewhere you actually have to use real money to pay for something, which I pay with um, reward cards for everything I can. But you'll use paper money, and it's an odd amount, and they give you these pennies. And I always ask the cashier, oh, why don't you just keep them for somebody who's short of a penny or two or whatever? I mean, this is nuts this is the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result why do we have a penny canada our neighbor to the north got rid of the penny forever ago and that's because the penny doesn't buy anything so get this it costs more to make a penny according to Barron's magazine than the value of the penny And we're using up actual real metals needed in American industry. So we're paying all this money to make these things. Nobody wants them. They end up in drawers. But I saw something in the Barron's story I never thought about. All right, Krista, you go to get your four times a day Starbucks we were talking about before. (laughs) Six times a day? How many times a day? Twelve? And you go there, you pay on the app, right? I do. So it's instant. You Mm -hmm. pay by plastic. It's virtually instant. Mm -hmm. Somebody in front of you in line at the Starbucks pulls out cash to pay for the Starbucks. What happens? Slows everything down. So true. It's the the new version of the old somebody pulling out a checkbook at the grocery store line (laughs) when it's time to pay. So what I did not know is there's a significant impact on productivity at stores and restaurants when somebody has to count out pennies and change. I mean, even if you did something where you just rounded people to the nearest nickel and just gave them bonus money, you would still as a business benefit from not wasting all that time and all that metal would be an advantage to American industry. Okay, how many pennies are sitting there out of circulation because people know they're useless and they're just sitting in drawers? 180 billion pennies that could be benefiting our economy absolutely nuts so how about it and you know i know a lot of people in the past have said oh if you get rid of the penny everything's just going to go up in price doesn't have to be i mean my simple proposal is you round up or round down to the nearest nickel and you do round up round down 
over the course of the year, everybody's even Steven. But the economy benefits, you benefit, shorter waits in line, blah, blah, blah. Let's get it done. Krista? Okay, Nick in Georgia says, what steps should I take to ensure that I hire a top-notch company to handle a cross-country move? First, you need to have a lot of very good luck. And good luck in this area starts with research and preparation. So know this, do not hire any mover for an interstate move by doing a Google search. In fact, do you want to guarantee heartache for yourself and hardship for your wallet? Hire a mover from a Google search. Don't do it. You want to get a legitimate mover? Go to the moving website for the industry, which is moving.org. That is the website of the legitimate movers in the United States. But just because a mover is legitimate doesn't mean they're not going to mess up your move. That's why if you go to moving.org, you want to hire only what they call a certified pro mover. So you put in the zip you live in, the zip you're moving to, the approximate move date, the size of the move, and then it gives you the ability to see pro movers and get Solid quotes from them, but know this about any quote with moving. Under federal law, when you move from state to state, an estimate is only a real estimate if you request a binding estimate. An estimate from any mover can be a bait and switch. They can say, oh yeah, we're going to move you for $3,200. And then you get to wherever you're going. They say, that'll be 14000 And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. I've got right here. The estimate says 3200 Well, why don't you read down below where it says is only an estimate subject to final pricing upon your move. However, if it says binding estimate, it's the real deal. Next thing, with any move in an incredibly anti-consumer thing, Would you believe the federal government has never increased the amount of coverage that you have with a move if something's broken, stolen, lost, whatever? They haven't changed the amount in 80 years, the coverage you have. No, 90 years. So the fact is, the coverage is useless that comes with a move. You have to buy insurance coverage on your move. And you can buy that from the mover, buy what's known as replacement value coverage, which means if they break your TV, they're not saying, oh, that TV is two years old, so it's worth four cents. They break your TV, they have to give you enough money to buy an equivalent new one replacement. And so you want replacement value coverage. You may be able to get it from your homeowner's insurer if you have homeowner's insurance, or you can buy it right from the mover itself. I usually recommend taking a deductible of a couple hundred bucks or so, knowing that movers are likely and it's normal that something or other will break in the course of a move and that you account for that as a possibility. All right, we've got a couple of electric car questions. Ron in Arizona says, can you address how renters are going to be able to charge their electric cars in the future? 
We sold our house after our kids grew up, and the apartments we've lived in say they have no intention of installing charging stations for people. Even if we bought a home, there's a significant number of people in the U.S. that can't buy homes and are stuck with their gas vehicles, potentially paying ultra-high prices. This is a horse before the cart thing or cart before the horse or whatever you say. The number of electric vehicle charging stations that are going to be built around the country is gigantic over the next three years. Right now, unless you have a Tesla, being able to routinely and easily charge a vehicle, it just doesn't happen. So you're going to see over the next few years, partially because of Volkswagen's efforts in this area, you're going to see electric vehicle charging pop up in any urban and suburban area in the United States. Rural areas, other than by freeways, are going to be left behind on this. The good news is that even if you live in a rural area, you will be able to very cheaply put in your own charging station at your home, typically for a couple of hundred dollars. And then your cost of doing uh, juicing up instead of fueling up will cost you a tiny fraction of what it costs right now for gasoline. But you are right today. Absolutely, it is a big hassle dealing with charging if you don't own a single-family home. And then Darren in Wisconsin says, with electric vehicle usage on the rise, how are utilities going to deal with the increased demand placed on the grid once electric becomes a dominant fuel to drive our vehicles? Recently, the utilities have experienced a bit of a reprieve with the advent of LED lighting. As someone managing an electrical contracting company, I'm already seeing issues with homeowners' electrical service to their home not being adequate to connect the requested 50-amp fast chargers. Darren, I love your question because the industry is focused on this big time. Because for electric power suppliers, they've been terrified as homes become more energy efficient and as more wind and solar is put in that serves neighborhoods or serves individual houses, that they're going to see steadily declining demand. So there's a massive economic incentive for power companies to boost the ability to serve electric fleets. The other thing is you're going to see like a power company near me has a new rate schedule for people with electric vehicles. And you pay for electricity based on time of day that you use power. And most any electric vehicle can charge on a time schedule. So electric vehicle owners will respond to economic incentives where almost all charging is done at people's homes. They will set up their vehicles to charge overnight when demand on the grid is at absolute smallest amount. These are problems and growing pains, not long-term issues at all on the power front. I want to thank you so much for being a part of Team Clark. If you enjoyed our podcast, I hope you'll subscribe, review us, and most important, share with your friends.